Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It's May 9th, 2023. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? Uh, what's up, Trey? Uh, lots to talk about today, man. Uh, Tucker mm-hmm. gave up $25 million from Fox to get to, to get out of his no-compete clause to do a show that'll stream on Twitter, which videos on Twitter don't play. That's part of the Matt's problem with this show, so uh, that <laughs> should be fun. Uh, George Santos has been uh, charged by the Justice Department for something. It's under seal. He's supposed to be, might, might appear in court tomorrow, so maybe we'll know tomorrow. But if you need, it could be it could be uh, campaign finance violations, uh, conflict of interest laws. It could be the stealing the cash that was meant for an Iraq war veteran's dying dog. It could be the credit card fraud scheme. It could be all of them. Nobody knows. So exciting yeah. times. For could George be a whole brand new thing. We ain't even found yeah. out about it yet. Who knows with this guy? I hope it's, that's a fun idea. It could be a new mm-hmm. thing. What do, you, <laughs> what do you think it could be? Like, uh, I don't know, like he uh, murdered a racehorse or, uh, you know, I don't somehow know. defrauded an, uh, uh, an orphanage or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he sold an NFT to orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Clarence Thomas got caught more doing more crooked shit. So Leonard Leo is a guy we talked about before. He runs a bunch of like uh, conservative organizations that are essentially just exist on paper. Um, uh, yeah, that's a different one. We'll get that in a second, Matt. This is a, this first story is uh, so Leonard Leo had Kellyanne Conway through her, her organization pay Jenny Thomas 25 grand, maybe up to 80 grand for something. And then he reimbursed uh, Kellyanne Conway through the Judicial Educa- Education Project, Project, one of his many dark money organizations that has his address, a UPS store in Georgetown. So this is just a pure bagman operation. There's like like mm-hmm. this. So Harlan Crow donates to the Judicial Education Project. Uh, Leonard Leo tells Kellyanne Conway to pay Jenny, and then the Judicial Education Project pays back Kellyanne. And then the kicker is he put on the paperwork. He, t- he instructed Kellyanne Conway to, on the paperwork to not mention Jenny, of course. Um, so yeah, this is a. This is just pure fraudulent. And then that the article it seems matters. like it defeats the purpose a little bit to mention Jenny in, you know, a paper trail by saying, Hey, make sure you don't mention Jenny in the, in the subsequent paper trail or whatever. Like, right. Like, <laughs> but this, is, this was two steps up the paper trail. So maybe thought this right. paper trail wouldn't get out. We're downstream. This isn't the main time. paper trail. Right. Yeah. Right. right. This is the, this is the sub paper trail, which he thought was safe. Yeah. And a few months after this payment, um, the Judicial Education Project filed an amicus brief in a case called Shelby County, Shelby, Shelby County versus Holder, which is the what the Supreme Court uh, used to overturn the Voting Rights Act because, as John Roberts put it, racism is over. Um, uh, Shelby County is five to four with Thomas in the majority. So there you go for that. Uh, and then, so there's a more direct line here. So. We've talked about the Chevron doctrine before. It's the Supreme Court, uh, you know, sort of framework where they let regulatory agencies make, uh, you know, uh, decisions without interference from the courts because the regulatory agencies are the experts here, as long as Congress has granted them authority to do so. Thomas authored the majority opinion in this case. He's now flipped. He's against his own opinion because Leonard Leo and, you know, who's paid by Harlan Crow is. So there you go. Clarence Thomas, after getting paid, has decided that Clarence Thomas, before getting paid, was wrong. Is wrong. Yeah, right. Right. Ah, this is fun times, and no one's doing anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's like all this stuff had already happened, obviously, but it's like one of those things where it's like the seal got broken or something. mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like the first report came out and now this every, you know, two or three days, there's a new report of him getting dart money under the table or whatnot, you know, uh-huh. um, it's just why did people just not know where to look or do you know what I mean? Like it was happening the whole time and it's not a single instance as we've now seen, but it took it to, you know, took it being reported in the first place for it to become. Yeah. I mean, I really think that the Supreme court was just presumed to be ethical. Right. And no one was looking, they were in charge of regulating themselves and they weren't doing it. And no one was checking up on them. And then this dam broke and people were like, wait, we should look into their finances. Uh, maybe what they, they're supposed to be checks and balances. Congress is theoretically the place that could do something about this. And they just, they just don't want, it. although Diane Feinstein supposedly is returning to the Senate. She's climbing out of her hospital bed and going to getting wheeled back. So technically Democrats will be back in the majority. So maybe they can do some more stuff. If, uh, you know, her staff can weekend at Bernie's or the, Hey, uh, whoever's like pulling the string that pushes which button or whatever for her, you know, pulls the yes lever when appropriate or whatnot. Right. Uh, before we get to the show, one last thing, uh, our fans are always, uh, our viewers are always holding their, uh, my feet to the fire on stuff. So this story, uh, happened a couple, a couple of days ago, we last week, sometime U S rail companies grant paid sick days after public pressure and win for unions. Um, this person is very nice and a, a fan was essentially saying he's looking forward to me admitting that I was wrong about Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg, uh, screwing the unions. Although I don't, let me, as a committed pessimist, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I am always super ecstatic to be proven wrong. I am gleefully shocked and everything whenever anything goes right in my personal life or the world. All right. Right. <laughs> um, Heard that, brother. So I am happy that these uh, rail workers got some sick days. But if you look at the details here, remember the order of events. So the railroad companies were going to strike before the election. The Biden administration convinced them to hold off because no one wants Republicans to have Congress. Right. That's good. I don't want Republicans to have Congress either. But the deal was they'd get to fight for what they wanted later. And then later, Biden, the Biden administration prevented them from striking when they what they wanted was sick days. Sick days, they wouldn't, you know, drive off the rails and do stuff like East Palestine. Um, what they've got now is behind the scenes, uh, Buttigieg and the Biden administration has been lobbying the rail companies to please give them some sick days. So they did. That's good. But what they got was yeah. like basically basically less than um Less than half the rail workers, not the train engineers, got less than half of what they'd asked for. Right. They got like four paid sick days a year, right? Is the big that's the big victory right. that they got. And I guess what it's so I don't even know you can how you can have a policy that like you're not allowed to call in sick or whatever. It's like, well, what mm-hmm. you know, what if you get hit by a bus or something? What if you're fucking just super sick? What if you're on your deathbed? It's like, nope, it's against company policy. But also, you know, four days again, it's better than nothing, but it's you know, yeah. not exactly uh, up to European standards, I would imagine. And yeah, like you said, they it only covers like was it non-operational employees? So the ones that like the actual uh, engineers or the guys that you know drive the trains, they still yeah. don't have any because if they called in sick then the train wouldn't go anywhere that day. Whereas if the right. other guys, like the guys who do inventory in the cars and stuff, if they call in sick, they can still make the trains run on time, which is the ultimate priority. So right. still not talk- quite all the way there. And we're talking like 40, 47% of Union Pacific workers, um, uh, 46% of Union Southern and 31% of BNSF. So 
a lot of workers, not all of them, believe, like you said, they had this quote, quoting from the uh, vice president of locomotive engineers and train men, the railroads went to the non-operating crafts first and cut a deal. Uh, it's because of a carman to get people to respect, inspect and repair rail cars, kept calling sick and don't come to work. The train will still run. But yeah, like you said, if the, if the engineer calls in that the train can't. But the, I want to go back to the public pressure part of this. Let me quote um, uh, uh, Artie Maratia, the president of the Transport Communications Union. It was public pressure and political pressure that got them to come to the table. So what I'm saying is. I don't think I was wrong. <laughs> I think people like me yelling at them, not not me, what's our total viewership and uh, podcast downloads? Like 200, 300,000 people. It's not enough to make drop in the bucket. When people making the same point push them to do the right thing. I don't think I was wrong to fucking yell about it. I think a bunch of people yelling was effective. <laughs> mm. But I'm glad Biden and Buttigieg did some percentage of the right thing here. And to try to keep us all safe from train derailments and help these workers have a little higher quality of life. So that's that's my point I was trying to get to. Yeah. Right on. Well, let's get into it. Uh, with us, as always, is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. I, of course, want to remind you all of a couple of things first. Number one, if you'd like to see me live, and you should, go to trackcrowder.com. I'll be, in, I'll be back home in Knoxville, Tennessee. And then after that, in Asheville, North Carolina with Corey and Drew next weekend, May 20th and 21st. Then a lot of other dates coming up throughout the rest of the year. We're still adding plenty of dates for the fall and beyond. So go to TreyCrowder.com, get your tickets, come and save me. It's a good time. Uh, secondly, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. You go to WeeklySkews.com slash more. Or go on Patreon and look me up. Either way works. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. We just did a two-part skew and a We answer all y'all's burning questions, address your comments, things of that nature. We also get to subjects that come up in between the main show or things we don't have time for, things that are just uh, interesting to us. We have a lot of fun with it, so we hope you'll consider signing up on Patreon and supporting the show and getting some more skews in your life. Now, as for tonight's episode... Uh, a COVID era immigration policy known as title 42 is set to expire in a couple of days, which has many Republicans beating their drums over a looming invasion at the Southern border. But what's the reality there? Who's largely to blame for all of this and how's it all going to shake out? We'll get into all that and the racist philosophy underpinning it all. We'll cover all that a little later, but first the daily dumbass Matt graphic, please. And that's DD. Those of us who wouldn't pay $5 million to say sexual assault is perhaps fortunate, depending on, you know, how you look at it. Here he is, the man himself. In this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. True with stars that they can grab women by the Well, that's what it's. If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been <laughs> largely true. Not always, but largely million true. Million years? Yeah. Unfortunately or fortunately. Or fortunately. You can say Or fortunately. Uh, All right, so. Yeah, the million. Yeah, we all know that the Neanderthals were infamously lax when it comes to sexual assault uh, standards and mores. What was <laughs> it? Million, what did he it's such, he said he's like it's just it's the like ultimate smartassery uh, when it comes to giving that response. It's just him saying like 
Well, since the fucking beginning of time, yes, that has been the case. You know, rich and powerful men have been able to wantonly grab vaginas and whatnot as they see fit. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, not entirely wrong. That's but you know, like that's been fucking the the un, but I know that it's a very unfortunate uh, you know, reality that over the course of our history, women have gotten the shit into the stick in that way. But then when he qualifies it with, yeah, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, you know, like who's to yeah. say that's a bad thing? It's, really? <laughs> it's not really even like a defense because it's like um <laughs> You're like, well, sir, did you commit murder? Well, I mean, people have been committing murder since the dawn of time. You've really all heard of Cain and Abel, right? So it's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? But we wanted to talk about this because Trump, uh, the jury finds Donald Trump, a jury found Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse and defamation in the E. Jean Carroll case. Um, She got $5 million. Um, This case was basically, we talked about before, basically the jury just had to decide who they found more credible. And that video right there is good example of why Trump didn't testify in his own defense because the man cannot come across as anything other than a huge fucking smug liar who hates everybody but himself. So he Um, didn't put up any kind of like defense at all. I mean, is that sort of, I mean, is that essentially like conceding defeat in a case like this? I know you're not a lawyer either, but I'm saying like, if you don't, defend yourself at all which he didn't right then i mean it's what be his, like a foregone conclusion you would think his lawyer tried to rip her apart on cross-examination plus all the other uh, all the other witnesses that's a, J- a joey trim tempico or whatever um but the lawyer came across like a huge asshole and uh also i, I found uh eugene carroll's testimony pretty compelling um she uh but their defense is basically that she couldn't have been raped because she seems happy and also she's a huge liar and also, Trump never met her, even though there are pictures of them together. And, and also, also, Trump uh, would never do that to her because, oh, gross, because she's not his type anyway, which led directly to this moment on. Uh, yeah, some Fox today. Fox, yeah. Uh, yeah. Play that next clip there, Matt. The former president said about not, you know, he would never have been attracted to her. Watch this. You say Marla's in this photo? That's Marla. Yeah, that's that's my wife. Which woman are you pointing to? No, here. Carol. Oh, is that? The person oh, okay. you just pointed to was oh, Eugene Carroll. Who is that? Who is this? Point your And the person, the woman on the right, is your then wife. I don't Ramana? know. This was the picture. Ramana. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that? That's Carol. Because it's very blurry. Your thoughts. <laughs> just let it play, play, Matt. I want to hear this. Yeah, guy. yeah. I like the I like the end of it because this is on I'm Fox News as it might have been interpreted by this jury. Well, I think the the context for this, Martha, is that he said she wasn't his type. So, you know, the last person you would want to confuse her with would be someone you married. That's a pretty good point there, Andy McCarthy. Yeah. And then she, there's a long pause. The anchor goes, uh, yeah. Uh, So... (laughs) This whole thing is like, so Politico had a piece this week talking to Republican donors because Wall Street Republicans are basically never Trump at this point because he fucks the economy too much. And also they just find him gross. Everybody finds him gross. Um, So they were talking about DeSantis's flame out and where they put their money next. And they don't really have any ideas. But this this quote from uh, one of their big donors, talking anonymously, uh, really puts the framework of the ghoul thinking here. what we probably wind up with a cho- is a choice between a guy who is very old and wants to raise our taxes and re-regulate everything and a guy who could be running from prison. That's a tough choice to them. Right. 
an old guy who might raise my taxes a little bit versus a criminal. Ah, I don't understand why they even threw old in there. You know what I mean? Like Trump's uh, like, how much younger is Trump than Biden? Like four years, four years, something like that. Yeah. Like not that much. So old is an odd qualifier in this particular matchup, but yes, right. You said it's like, we're either going to have to choose someone who might tax us a little more. This is a rich person, obviously. And then, you know, institute some more regulations or somebody who's a straight up felon, you know, and could end up in prison. Tough call, man. I mean, really, I don't think it is a tough call for them. I I wouldn't think like you, you go with the, you go with the felon every time, (laughs) you know, if you're trying to, trying to protect your, uh, your, uh, you know, regulationless, uh, empire. Yeah. Yeah. It's the easy call for them. It would, uh, but I don't say about Jean Carroll. Like it was pretty gross to me though. The, the, the lawyers basically, because she went on to have a good productive life, even though she testified that she basically hasn't had sex since Trump raped her. Cause it doesn't like, I, I should say allegedly raped her. Cause the jury jury found him liable for sexually uh, abusing her, but denied her rape claim, but then gave her $5 million for, uh, found him liable for defamation for calling her a liar when he was accused of rape. So the jury did the, split the baby bathwater thing, but gave her more money than she was asking for. So I can't relate. Really, it makes sense of their decision. Juries, man, who knows? Uh, but the, the idea that like they were saying that because she recovered and went on to be happy that that's proof. She was never, it was, it was all yeah. very, very gross. It's like, like most women you run into in your daily life have been uh, abused or assaulted in some fashion. And they're all out there being happy, living life. So fuck that guy. Well, it's also kind of like, and uh, the subtext of it sort of if you, if you couple that with the infamous clip about you know you know you grab them you can do whatever you want and it's fine they'll let you because you you know if you're uh, if you're a star then it's fine it's like mm-hmm. implying that you know if you're a star you can just actively ruin women's lives forever you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if they also believe there's no coming back from that sort of thing you know what i mean if it just you know puts you in the dirt for the rest of your life then uh you know it makes it mm-hmm. even more uh, gross uh, yeah. stance to take. <laughs> Not that you know that's it was already obviously very gross to begin with, right? But you know what I mean, right? But you're you're saying that he understands the implications of his actions, right? And, and still, still says doing. like it's still yeah. bragging about how it's, yeah that he can do it yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our first honorable mention for daily dumbass is whoever fed Trump after midnight and got him wet. This is uh, somebody who I was just introduced to a. Uh, a Republican candidate for president in 2024, Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. One of the people who actually stood up at that same event was somebody who walked in with the Trump shirt, broke down in tears as he asked the question, thinking about the country and what we were doing for his children, said he was switching over to vote for me. I'm absolutely running for the presidency. We're running for the win to take (laughs) this all the way. One of the people who actually stood up. You at talk that about same event. he stole. He stole the anonymous person came up to me crying and told me he loved me thing from Trump. Like the game's you, over. Though. You talk <laughs> about like a and then everybody clapped moment. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's just the classic. Like yeah, that never happened. That clearly never yeah. happened. A Trump shirt wearing Papaw broke down in tears and thanked him for you know saving America. Somehow I doubt that. So, all right, really who, is think, the, who is this guy, Mark? So he's running for Trump, and he's polling at like 5% in a lot of polls. So he's like gaining on DeSantis. I think this guy might be where all the money goes. 
because he's smooth talking, he's charming, he's charismatic, he can self-finance his campaign. He's vowed to spend almost a hundred million dollars of his own money because he's a rich like finance dude. Um, he's also like he's his argument is that he's just as hardcore as Trump, but more competent. And that's just his whole case for being elected is he's a more effective fascist. Um, right. He says he believes he can uh, he can the powers of the presidency allow him to abolish abolish the education department on day one. Um, he, he would uh, unleash the military to stamp out the scourge of fentanyl coming across the southern border and not uh, unbothered by the posse comitatus clause, which prohibits use of military for civil law enforcement. He wants to eradicate teachers unions, even though the federal government doesn't really have any role in that. Um, so yeah, this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so he, did he, you said he's like a finance guy. Did I read this right? The like investment firm he founded was aimed at helping, uh, com- helping investors make non woke investments or something like that. Helping them make investments that were outside of, you know, the wokeism current pl- currently plaguing corporate America or like something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's been a lot of rise in like ESG is, you know, environmental, social and governments investing, which is basically trying to like, funnel money towards less evil stuff. Right. So he explicitly founded a fund to do, to fund the evil stuff. Yeah. But no, that's more just evil stuff. Yeah. In investing. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's been the norm throughout capitalism. Right. That's what ESG is a response to. Yes. Right. ESG, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The evil stuff was just the standard for forever. Right. You're investing, yeah, corporations, it's going to be a little bit of evil stuff, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of just taking it back to basics, I guess. But, hey, he yeah. made hundreds of millions of dollars, evidently, doing that. It's always yeah. so I think his net worth so is wild six, to me. $600 million? So, yeah, you can afford to spend damn, 100 dude. and want to fix his And it's like you life. read that, with the, how did this guy make all his money? And it's like, well, he, you know. I helped make non-woke investments or whatever. It's like, okay, it's like in Silicon Valley. It's like, I put fucking radio on the internet, okay? Like yeah. the way that the way that some people make nearly a billion dollars will never not be yeah. wild as hell to me. Right. <clears throat> All right, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so there's a whole big stupid immigration panic that's back, and it's been going on for a while. And it might, if you're a sane person who doesn't consume rapid right wing news, you might not be aware of it. But I wanted to start off talking about the uh, Allen mass shooting, the mass shooting in Allen, Texas, from uh, over the weekend, because there was extremely stupid argument about it. So the shooter was a 33 year old uh, guy from Dallas named Mauricio Garcia, and. Uh, the dumb arguments have broken out about whether a Latino can be a white supremacist. It's a very Caucasian conversation to me because <laughs> it's like, well, a, a brown person can't be a Nazi. And you're like, well, why? And it's like, well, because Nazis hate brown people. And you go, okay, so you're, since you're saying a brown person can't be a Nazi because they all look alike to you. And mm-hmm. that's <laughs> really bizarre to me. Also, just I know, do you know, like, was he, um, you know, Hispanic or Latino or what? Like, was he, you know how like Louis C.K. is Mexican? Right. Like, you know, they have white people, you know, Spanish, a lot of Spanish people are white. Was he like a white Hispanic person or 
like, you know, was he actually a person of color? I'm with you either way. I'm just wondering like exactly how I don't I don't know how to even to hold up like a like a paint chart. <laughs> I just didn't know but, if they'd like, you know, figure what if that was part of what people had figured out well, or whatever. The bigger point I'm trying to make is like you don't get to this like these are all made up categories anyway. Like we've talked about right. uh, Irish people were considered whites like less than a hundred years ago. Like these are these are like you don't get to decide whether this guy identifies as a white supremacist. Like it's, it's, it's totally up to what's going on in his head about what groups he wants to hate and why. Yeah. Um, so like, but like, but all this stuff presumes like Latinos can't be racist against other Latinos, which is, which is a wild claim because like light skinned Mexicans are dark racist against yeah. dark skinned Mexicans. Uh, a lot of Brazilians are racist against indigenous Brazilians and Afro Brazilians. Most like, races have people who are racist against other members of that same race for whatever right. stupid ass reasons. Like you say with white people and Irish and Italian and whatever else. And yeah, uh, colorism, you know, light skin, dark skin, all that sort of thing. I know there's a lot yeah. of intra Asian racism. It's like, right. You know, racism's a, so, a, a distinctly human uh, thing across all the across it's, all the color barriers. You, you try to parse the logic of it. You're buying into it to me because the whole racism is fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. It does like there's no you can't get to the bottom of making it make sense. But like Marjorie Taylor Greene tried. She like dissected crime scene photos that showed he had like a, a, a tattoo on his hand. She tried to say it was a Hispanic gang tattoo, which is like show some respect, Marge. This guy died for your cause. And what about the rest of his tattoo? (laughs) Right. We'll get to that in a second, but you don't have to to take my word for it that he's a not a white supremacist. You can take his word for it. Here's a meme he posted on a Russian social network. He was in it. So it shows a, a a forked road and Latino children choosing which one to go down. One of them is act black and the other one's a white being become white supremacist. Right. So he's telling you he's a white supremacist. Cause Um, at the bottom the caption of the meme, he literally, he literally says, I can't read it there, but it's something like I'll take my chances as a white supremacist or something like that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like he may, he explicitly states which fork in the road he's taking. Also, it's funny because I feel like if you look at that meme, the isn't the act black side. It's like up here. In a halo. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a castle <laughs> with an angelic halo around it. And the white side is like, a, you know a hellscape or whatever. (laughs) And then he's like, I know which one I'm taking the one on the right. Which would you rather be in Cypress Hill or the proud boys? I know I'm going (laughs) Cypress Hill. Uh, But also like the media, because, because again, they have this very Caucasian thought process where a Brown person can't be racist again, or think of themselves as white. Um, they kept saying stuff like his personal politics were very hard to figure out because it didn't make sense to them. Here's a picture of him with his shirt off. You want to see yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's an SS tattoo on his arm and a swastika on his chest. Yeah, seems pretty, uh, pretty, pretty difficult to parse there, Mark. I wonder where this guy right. stands. But uh, I know I saw I saw one of these right wing lunatics on Twitter when these photos came out. They'd already they called him, you know, like you said, Latino gang member, whatever it was. Then these photos came out, and she said something like, "I'm willing to admit when I was wrong." He so he had SS and swastika tattoos. So clearly, it wasn't what I had said. I now think it's far more likely that he's a Ukrainian asset or something like that. She <laughs> pivoted straight to some other lunacy, like you uh, know, at the end, like out of nowhere. So yeah, you can't do nothing um, with him. I mean, I was talking to a buddy. You know, what Andy No is Trey. He's uh, like yeah, uh, NGO, NGO. 
Yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. Uh, 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 it's a Vietnamese surname. He happens to be Canadian, right. but he's like a, he's like an alt-right like blogger yeah. slash air quote investigative reporter. He's yes. a good person that kind of, he writes a lot about Antifa and how dangerous they are and shit. He's basically a Did he get guy. like whipped or something like that at some point or attacked? He got, somebody threw a milkshake at him once and it hit him in the head. <laughs> okay. And he tried to say it was an attempt on his life because the yeah. milkshake had concrete in it. Yeah. All right. So that's why I brought this up because I was talking to a buddy of mine about it once. He was just talking about like political polarization in general. He was talking about how Antifa was dangerous because they hit him they, they they hit him in the head with this milkshake. And I was like, Yeah, you shouldn't throw concrete milk frozen milkshakes at people's heads, but also he's a fucking fascist. I don't get I can't get get too deep in my tears about it. And he goes, How can an Asian be fascist? And I was like, have you heard of the Japan? Empire of Japan? <laughs> yeah, like, Japan, what the fuck are you right. talking about? Like, that's the one time I, it's a very wide approach to like racism. If they, if, if 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 Asians can't be racist, then what the fuck was Japan doing committing genocides in China and Korea? Yeah. Like, what do you what do you where do where did people get their understanding of shit? But by the way, if I, like not for nothing, but the FBI just a couple days ago arrested another January Sixer. After her ex-boyfriend or ex-hookup recognized her in a viral joke meme wearing a pink beret at January 6th, uh, <laughs> she happens to be Latina, and the guy dumped her because she talked about reading Mein Kampf and was posting about Hitler uh, Hitler quotes in her Discord. Yeah, so, that's a bit of a red flag, you know, in yeah. a relationship. I could see where he's coming from with that. <laughs> I would find that off-putting, too. All right, uh, so the reason I wanted to talk about the Allen shooting in regards to um, – immigration is because like we don't know this guy's motive he did p- post a manifesto on that same russian social media site where they got that that, that meme that the memes that in that picture from um but so he another way we know is a nazi is he wore his vest had right-wing death squad an acronym for right-wing death squad written on it um but we're never gonna like his his manifesto apparently was mostly about incel shit like hating women and misogynistic yeah, stuff that checks so, out we're never going to fully know his motive because like most stupid racist lunatics, his thoughts aren't that well organized. Right. But I can tell you that his three victims, his victims, uh, the eight people, he, uh, the eight people he killed, three were Korean Americans, three were Latinos. One was a woman from India. And uh, the one white guy who got killed was the security guard who got in the way. Um, and by the way, I, I noticed the security guard's name and had the same last name as a friend of mine from Dallas. And I texted him to see if they were related. And it was his uh, cousin. Damn, really? So, yeah. So uh, we're all going to be connected to this shit eventually. Uh, three of the eight were children, by the way. So yeah, yeah, seven seven of the eight people would have read as four into this racist piece of shit. Um, right. Uh, oh, but this we 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 had a new third third thing to thoughts and prayers. Um, now to the to the mass shooting discourse. Here's a uh, congressman, uh, Ronnie Drughead or whatever his name is, on fucking Fox News talking about this shooting. He's Ronnie Jackson. Sorry. Ronnie truck. <laughs> yeah, this is their new advice right. for um, living in America in 2023. And just like Paul Mathis once said, you know, uh, be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet because you never know. You know, if you're at your workplace, your business workplace, something you might might say could possibly cost someone to snap because they've had a very bad day. You don't know what kind of day someone's had. Right. And your words can make. Have a plan to kill everyone you meet. That was a that quote. America. That <laughs> yeah, was a from quote from Mad Dog Mattis. About yeah. dealing with foreign adversaries, not your right. neighbors. Um, but like right. the thing is, 
this is stupid to have to say this out loud, but it's sort of, my, my wife has uh, occasional road rage issues and uh, it fucking bugs me and also makes me worried because every time she does something stupid in the car or honks her horn at a person who's not necessary, I'm like, this is America. They might have a gun. Mm-hmm. Just fucking don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know? And she tries to list, she tries to take my advice, <laughs> but she's a hothead. It's one reason I love her. But the, uh, uh, it's just like, I hate it's like thoughts and prayers and helter skelter. That's where we're at now. Did you see the FBI fucking put out a mass shooting advice video? No. It's like the the airplane safety video, except it shows people in a mass shooting giving you advice for all their different strategies for how to live through it. And then it goes, I thought it was a sketch at first. Then it was like, go to FBI.gov for more information. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, like, <laughs> they just, they just, the government's just announcing, well, you're on your own. So here's how you do, you do a tourniquet. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they're um, in, in Texas, they're wanting to give battlefield tourniquets, put battlefield tourniquets in the budget for middle school or for schools or something like that. Yeah. They're giving, yeah. They're, they want to give third graders like uh, uh, a massive medic uh, training. training. Yeah. <laughs> that's, God, that's yeah. So, fucked so up. the false flag shit, because people can't process that a Nazi could be darker skinned than them. So the, the, the right wing going over 24 hours went from there's no there's no evidence the Texas shooter was a neo-Nazi. Okay, a neo-Nazi patches on his tactical vest, but that was ironic. Okay, it might have been a neo-Nazi, but it was a government mind control that made him that way. Which brings me to this fucking, like, look at this Twitter exchange between Elon Musk, the guy who's going to business with Tucker Carlson, and uh, yeah. So they're saying, here's Ian Miles Strong, who's a really fucking crazy right-wing influencer who's never been to America, but always just talk about American politics. Um he, he's saying that because it's so obvious that he's a Nazi, it must be a government setup that they dummied up all his fucking uh, right. uh, online profiles. This person called the redheaded libertarian says it's a psyop and it's not even close. And Elon Musk says this gets weirder by the moment. What is a simpler co- conclusion, Trey, that a deeply racist society with guns everywhere has a crazy person go go crazy every now and then shoot people? Or there's a highly orchestrated government plot to take away our guns when there's no effort to take away our guns? I know. I mean, it's like, yeah, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a fucking Nazi lunatic, right? And so, right. you know, whatever happened to Occam's right? It's so wild to look at at all of that that you just laid out and then genuinely be like, well, this is clearly a government side. <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's so crazy, man. And like the shooter didn't uh, uh, didn't like mention like oh uh, uh, you know great replacement theory or anything, but you don't have to. These guys are swimming in it so deeply. It's like it's like me announcing that everyone should take should take a breath every two a couple seconds. It's like it's so obvious to them that we're going to get great great replacement theory in a, in a little bit, but and how the new ways is manifesting itself. But there was another mass a mass death attack in Texas, also against immigrants. I mean. Oh, there's only one person in the other shooting that I know is immigrant. I'm talking about how they would have presented to this fucking racist. Um, so a guy drove a car into a bus stop in Brownsville along the border, uh, killing a bunch of Venezuelan immigrants who were staying at a shelter that was nearby the bus stop. He supposedly yelled racist shit toward them. And this guy was Latino too, by the way. But again, and uh, I'm assuming uh, just profiling a Hispanic person living in Texas is going to be Mexican. And these were Venezuelans. I don't know the racial, if there's racial animosity, those two groups, but there can be racial animosity between any groups is the point we're talking about tonight. Um, the people at the shelter said there was, they had not received any hate before the car attack, but since then it caused people to come to the gate and start yelling that the reason it happened was because the, the, the migrants were there. So these people are staying in a shelter 
after walking from Venezuela, a guy hits him with their car, and then people in the community's response is, well, they shouldn't have been here. Um, it's fucking disease. Yeah. Uh, Brownsville is seeing a surge in migrants, and we're, that's basically the crux of what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the show. Um, there's also a big anticipated influx of migrants to the upcoming expiration of a COVID-era policy that allowed the U.S. to automatically expel undocumented immigrants, and that's called Title 42. Yeah, so basically it was the idea that, like, at the time it was about helping to stop the spread of COVID. So, like, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, we can just, like, carte blanche send you back, like, even if you're seeking asylum, because it's part of, like, not the Geneva Accords, but there's, like, an international agreement that's sort of like that that says, like, people have the right to seek asylum if they're in a, you know, life-threatening situation or, you know, political prisoner persecution Mm -hmm. or any of that type of stuff. And the U.S. is a signatory to that, but this was, like, you know, a a loophole or a way around that because of COVID. Now that's set to expire. Mm -hmm. So they're saying that everybody's just going to rush in. Yeah. So that's what they're saying. But let's say like these, the the title 42 exists under like our our immigration laws are so racist. They have hygiene codes because the presumption is that immigrants are dirty and disease ridden. But using COVID, this is the only part of COVID that Trump believed in was that it should be used to keep immigrants out. But there's a deep fucking irony here is that America had one of the worst COVID outbreaks in the world. They were probably safer from COVID if they'd stayed in Guatemala and Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not bringing the COVID in. They're more likely to get COVID if you let them in. It's The whole thing is so, such a twisted, sick joke. Um, so, yeah, it's about to expire because the government has announced that you, they can't keep doing one part of COVID rules, but not the rest of them. If you, if you, if you call off the COVID emergency, then this goes away, too, right? Right. So, uh, Biden sort of... Uh, I don't want to say exacerbated his border problems. He probably exacerbated his political problems by ending the COVID in, in this one way by ending the COVID emergency um, because of the way people are going to react to all this shit. Um, so it spires on May 11th. Um, in case you're wondering, Title 42 has been used on an estimated, I've seen a couple of different numbers, 2.5 million immigrants or 3 million who just like would get to the border and immediately be shipped back where they came from without a hearing, or without putting any paperwork. Again, a reminder, the legal process to apply for asylum is you walk up to the border and say you want to apply for asylum. That's what they were doing. They were doing it legally. I just want to always reiterate that this is perfectly legal. They weren't sneaking across. They were trying to go through the orderly, legally ordained process. Uh, GOP has uh, offered up a border package that's even too racist for a lot of Republicans. It also includes some harebrained shit like the border bill would impeach Homeland Security uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Um, uh, it, it just basically wants to ship everybody out of the country. Uh, probably me and you too. Um, so Texas, man, Texas Republican leadership is fucking wilding out. They had a big rally <laughs> recently. Um, to call for uh, more border protections. They're trying to pass a bill called HB20. I didn't. I forgot to check for the show if they've actually uh, passed a version of it yet. It was called the How Many More Rally, uh, in case mm-hmm. you're wondering if it was racist <laughs> in the title. Um, yeah. So Chip Roy spoke there, Republican congressman, a for, uh, one of Trump's former act, acting border protection uh, agency commissioners, uh, sheriff, and this guy called Mark Meckler, who's the president of an organization that wants to call a new constitutional convention. I'm betting that wouldn't go well. Um, but he says, he said at the rally, we're saying there is an invasion, appropriately declaring an invasion, and we expect the governor and the legislature to put the forces in plan to repel that invasion. Invasion three times in one sentence. Um, right. So he's comparing like what Russia's doing to Ukraine with what some migrants are doing walking up to the border. Um, right. Yeah, it doesn't seem fear mongery at all. Um, 
if there was an invasion, wouldn't like that guy be in, uh, entitled, if not obligated, to hit those people with his car? That's essentially what they're doing here. Is they're giving rhetorical permission for way more of these stochastic terrorist attacks, even creating a permission structure for it. They also call for the the bill calls for the creation of a Texas Border Protection Unit, which is like like a special forces Texas yeah. Rangers to just like shoot immigrants. Um, right. So it's like it's like super border patrol. Like they already have the border patrol, so it's like a new more hardcore border patrol. Cause I understand the border patrol can be pretty hardcore uh, as it is. So the Texas Rangers were explicitly founded as like a killer force to track down and kill Mexicans. So like, I like, this is just all, uh, this is just like past times of flat circle. Um, all this happened at the same time that Fox news and other right wing media are doing everything they can to promote border militias. Like you might remember the Minutemen from like the nineties and two thousands where there are lots more of these people now, these are like, the, tech, the, the Texas one would at least be state funded and regulated as far, as far as that goes, you know, because cops are basically set loose in this country. These people are just straight up malicious, but they all do right. work with local law enforcement and they're, they're labeled as hate groups by the SP, Southern Poverty Law right. Center. And, and and they're going on conservative media and being treated like, you know, rock stars. They're famous in those groups. And all they do is like hunt migrants, mm-hmm. like the Punisher. Um I fucking hate this dog. But anyway, so they're part of the title 42 panic is they're saying once uh, title 42 is lifted and we can't just ship everybody applying for asylum out, that it's going to be a rush to the border because migrants will know the borders open. Now, right. I don't know what kind of news say a poor person in Guatemala or Honduras or Venezuela or Haiti gets or how much they're familiar with American politics or the, the, the regulations that, of our border, right? But the main place they would get this fucking message is from Republicans, right? They're the ones TV. always talking about how the the you know the border is open and we're just letting everybody in and all that. So that's the, that's like, but the Biden administration is basically uh, along with Title Forty Two, they've pretty much just upheld the Trump administration's immigration policies, right? Pretty much, like a lot of them. Nothing yeah. really changed all that much but you know the way they talk about it it's a huge crisis because the border is completely open and we're just letting everybody in and then people south of the border and these other kind of central american countries they hear oh did you hear with biden in charge the border's open free reign let's go mm-hmm. and so it's like a, a feedback loop or a, a vicious right. cycle but also they i mean dude they know that like they they benefit from it directly. You know what I mean? It's one of the, it's their, it's a boogeyman. It's a fear campaign. It gins up their base. It gives them something to bitch about. And it like, it behooves them politically to encourage these people to give it a shot while also talking about how, you know, we need the army to shoot them all or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's something like, I'm not, I'm trying to think of an analogy at work. I don't, I'm not trying to compare like, I can't even do an analogy here because they're they're trying they're creating a problem and then offering the solution for it. Right. Every pro, every problem every analogy that come with my head would would compare immigrants to something bad. So I don't. But that's do that. what I mean. That you just said they're creating a problem and then offering a solution to the problem they create. Like that's like that's their whole thing. They do that all the time. Like they you know create a problem with trans people or critical race theory or any of that shit. You know. Um, usually they're creating an imaginary it's like right usually they're creating an imaginary problem here but here if they're having any if they're doing anything with uh, a number of migrants approaching the border they're increasing it by using a megaphone to lie and say the border is open now about the border being open like I'm not some like I'm pretty left wing about a lot of shit but I'm not some like 
eliminate borders sort of fanatic. Cause like I was, a, I was a, my first job when I was in college, it was a front desk attendant. Your job there is if you don't, don't live in the dorm is to make people sign in and out. Basically any organization building group chunk of land is one going to want to be aware of who's in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think we need to be so fucking mean about it. <laughs> Especially right. because, like we, like we've talked about the labor supply stuff before. Like we, the, we have jobs for people. Like the, the, the it's just, it, I don't know. It's so funny. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Like it, you know, that a lot of these people are so hardcore anti-immigration, you know, a lot of the, the business people anyway, uh, employ illegal immigrants all the time and would hate to have to give that up because they don't pay them shit. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. I've brought this up before, but I remember this was years ago now, but Alabama enacted some new really harsh anti-immigration, anti-immigrant policy, which drove a lot of immigrants out of Alabama. And then that year they had record losses in their agricultural sector. A lot of their crops died and shit like that because they couldn't find anybody to work those jobs mm-hmm. and so and you know all these guys fucking trump has had countless illegal immigrants on his construction projects and they all do that like it's it's just it's all horseshit yeah. desantis just signed uh, i mean they, they florida house just passed a bill that would require like e-verify for all like employees to try to crush them undocumented laborers and uh in florida and today people were posting videos of the construction sites that are dead because no one's working because they don't right. have workers right um so it's like this is racism is a poison pill for everybody who swallows <laughs> it's just like it, it, you hurt yourself as much as you hurt anybody else which brings us to the great replacement theory stuff which we've talked about tucker talking about a lot before um but like the the great replacement theory we don't know for sure there was a motivation for the Al, allen shooting or part of the motivation but pittsburgh el paso uh uh buffalo, buffalo. The, the violence in charlottesville those were all those those killers all cited great replacement theory remember that's the theory that joe biden and the democrats are intentionally letting in immigrants to vote democrat to turn the country less white brown yeah yeah um but just sort of do a little perspective here only 12 percent of the global population is white something like that something like matt the, the exact number matt throughout six low 60s percent of america's white so america's an extremely white country relative to the rest of the world um there's no reason to fucking panic about being erased <laughs> it's just like right. it's just like don't worry about it go to work and again we're talking about fucking we're talking about mm-hmm. fucking nobody's being genocided your kids are just intermarrying with other with, with other ethnic groups and people are gradually turning the same color Sounds like utopia to me, but what, uh, what do I know? Um, two benefits from all these fucking lies. Uh, first of all, the cartels and human smugglers. Because right. they can go to people, desperate people, and tell them, hey, Republicans said the border's open. Right. Do you want to ride to America? Yeah. And they get here and they end up in a migrant camp. And Republicans are also benefiting this. This is a poll from 13 months ago, so it's probably worse now. But uh, a majority of Americans see an invasion at the southern border, NPR poll finds. It's 53% of Americans from at their, 13 months ago thought that's either completely or somewhat true that America's under invasion at the southern border. Um, I... What do people, Americans are so soft, dog. Like you would hear bombs going off. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what do they think an invasion actually is? You know what I mean? Like, it's just so baldly hyperbolic to call that an invasion. It's like you said, it's like what Russia did in the Ukraine. That's an invasion. You know, they invaded. Also, uh, what, what do people think a border is? Like, there's never been a hard border in the history of the world. Like, they tried with their Berlin Wall. They hid machine guns and landmines and shit. And people still got over it, under it, and around it. So like what 
people are going to get across the border. You just got to learn to live with it and try to fix the system. And so we can all learn how to live with a certain amount of chaos because chaos comes from freedom and nothing's perfect. We just think nobody should build across the board. It's like, yes, people and drugs come, come north and people and guns go south. It's like there's illicit trade on every border. This is a, it's just such baby brains. Right. But a lot of the, a lot of, I read this uh, earlier when it comes to the drugs, right? Cause that's a huge part of the narrative right now. Right? The drug, they're bringing the drugs up here and that's why people are dying from fentanyl, fentanyl overdoses or whatever. But like those, the drugs largely come in through like legal ports and shit. Yeah. yeah. Like ports of like, you know, they smuggle them on like container ships or planes and shit. You guys have seen narcos. They don't like, they're not, it's not the people coming in on the bus loads, you know, with the with the smugglers no. driving them across the border. They have more efficient operations than that. So it's not even where they're if coming they, from anyway. If they were rich drug smugglers, they'd be able to buy their way into America. Like right. they did what they do is it's Americans being paid. There was a a, a, a a Nazi, a literal Nazi who got arrested smuggling fentanyl into America. That's what that's what they do. You pay an American who's gonna get less scrutiny. And my mm-hmm. opinion is that fentanyl can't be smelled by drug dogs, it's pretty easy to smuggle in. And like, so you just put it in a spare tire, drive it across the border, and you're pretty much going to be like, I'm not saying that fentanyl's good. Right. <laughs> saying that like text, like Greg Abbott did that stupid stunt again where he tried to inspect every, have the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety, the Highway Patrol, inspect every vehicle come across the border and cause like 48 hour delays and didn't find anything. Mm-hmm. Like theater, nothing. Whenever these assholes promise you perfection, they're going to stop all the fentanyl overdoses. Just get really suspicious about what they're really up to because no one could promise you. Uh, if you give me $100, you can have eternal life. Ask some follow-up questions, right? Um, yeah. And also the way that they talk, you know, that people think that they're like, that they're all, that they're criminals or whatever, but like every single study that's ever been done on it shows that like they're less likely, the immigrants from mm-hmm. South, Central and South America are less likely to commit uh, crimes generally than just your fellow Americans are, you know? So yeah. it's like, they're not bringing the drugs up here and they're not coming up here and committing crimes and shit. It's like, these motherfuckers are coming up here and picking all our goddamn berries for us and shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> doing all the drywall or whatever, but it's like, you know, they're not most of the narrative surrounding like the evils of, uh, of the current state of our immigration situation is uh-huh. just all bullshit. There's a, yeah, I mean, the, the, the lady who's pushing the Florida law is a huge anti-immigrant activist. She's in, in the Florida house, I think. And she her origin story is that her son was killed by a, uh, an uh, undocumented person who drove, ran a red light in his car. And I'm like, I feel really sad that your son died, but I don't think that person's immigration status had anything to do with it. But also... The, the thing, one of the things in the, the Florida bill does is remove the ability for undocumented people to get driver's licenses. So you're going to have, you, you're not going to not be on the roads. You're just removing them being certified that they can actually drive a car. Mm-hmm. So like you're exacerbating the problem you're claiming to try to fix. It's just pure hate and you're going to create more car accidents. So like it's, 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 it's very, very stupid. Um, so yeah, the people that are helped by this is uh, Republican messaging and, uh, you know, by immigration policies, Republican messaging and the cartels who is hurt by it is of course, migrants. Um, I wanted to talk about this for uh, this, this happened like six weeks ago, 38 migrants were killed in a fire at a detention center in Mexico. Um, one of the things Mexico is doing, and they also have a 
pretty firm immigration, uh, uh, you know, hardcore immigration policy because we asked them to and put a lot of pressure on them. So a lot of people try to get into America. That was called the Remain in Mexico policy. So while they wait to see if they get asylum, they're locked up in Mexico and not under the great, not under great conditions. So in protest of, depending on who you believe, uh, in protest of conditions, some of the migrants uh, it set mattresses on fire, ended up burning the building down and killing 38 of them. Um, if you if you believe Mexico's president, he said they were mad they were going to be deported to their home countries, but the migrants said it was because they had uh, 68 men in an area meant for 58 people with no access to drinking water. Um, among those migrants were uh, 28 Guatemalans, 13 Hondurans, 12 Salvadorans, 12 Venezuelans, and one from Colombia and Ecuador. And I, I wanted to say, like, the variety of people coming across the border is more diverse than you think. Like, there are a lot of Chinese immigrants coming across the southern border because they, what they do is they take a boat or a plane to Mexico and then try to come across because it's cheaper than a plane ticket into America and trying to get the U.S. customs. But like, so when people say that, well, how can a brown person be racist against people coming across the southern border? Well, maybe it's because they hate Haitians because Haitians are black and speak French, you know, like, or maybe they hate Chinese people. You don't have to like look too deeply into their thought process. Uh, but I want to talk about the Guatemalans because um, I found a story talking to their families. They were um, basically tricked by coyotes who told them that the border was open. And they borrowed $15,000 and $19,000 each to for a trip to the border. Uh, and then they were expected to deport it back to Guatemala. But then they died in the fire. Um, but I want to point out these are mostly indigenous Guatemalans. Again, going back to racism within these societies. Um, a lot of indigenous Guatemalans have been pushed off their land by mining conglomerates. The main bad guy right now that they're suing in international court is a Swiss uh, uh, mining conglomerate. But I, I bet the I would have bet most of my life savings at the beginning of this was probably the U.S. State Department cutting a deal with the military dictatorship in the fifties and sixties. So, like, my larger point is like a lot of the reasons people are coming to the border are our fucking fault, right? So, like. Yeah, we destabilize their governments or whatever and, you know, fuck people out of their land or at least, uh, you know, are, you know, in league with the people who do so, the Swiss corporations or whatever, you know, we're making money off of it too. These people with fewer options, which leads to desperation, which leads to them, uh, you know, yeah. showing up at the border. So real quick, um, what Biden's trying to replace Title 42 with is basically a soft, confusing asylum ban in almost entirety. Um, I, I'm not actually going to blame Biden for this. He's not, first of all, he's not going to sign the, the, the shithead Republican bill, so that's good. But this system is like his new chief, chief of staff is a guy named Jeff Zeitz, and he fucking sucks, bro. He's been in, he's, he's been in the job two months, and Biden's whole presidency has gone to shit in the last two months. Um but what the asylum ban is, it basically, under the proposed rules, someone would be ineligible for asylum unless they'd already presented themselves at a port of entry and pre-scheduled their presentation via a DHS mobile app called CBB1. So these migrants have to download an app and use it to set an appointment and arrive at the correct time at the at the border entry station. Another way they would be ineligible is they have, they have to prove that they have sought and been denied asylum in another country through which they traveled in the way of the United States. So if you want to immigrate to the United States, you got to apply for asylum in Mexico and hope they deny you. All right. But the fucking app doesn't even work. dog. Mm -hmm. Like it's like it, it, it's, it's buggy. It's hard to log in. It's impossible to use. And by the way, these are migrants. So like you before you walk from Venezuela to America, remember to pack your smartphone, your charger and make sure right. you have money to rent a hotel room so you can charge it. That's and what I was there. thinking. It's wild to have this all centered around an app. I know it's like, you know. 
that's the world we live in uh, today. 2023, everything's got to have an app, but it's, I mean, literally everything has an app. If even asylum seeking for, you know, yeah. refugees comes down to a governmental right. app that don't work worth a fuck in the first place. A, a buggy app that won't work being your only avenue to apply for asylum in the United States. I mean, it'd be written right. in a language you don't speak or whatever. It's the perfect neoliberal techno technocratic solution to deny people access to stuff, which is why I want to blame it on Jeff Zeitz. Jeff Zeitz. So if you don't know who he is, uh, he was a he's a political centrist who ran. He made his money running predatory health insurance companies. Nice. Um, the main arguments for why he do a good job is he's, he's, he's super competent because of his managerial expertise. But he was COVID's uh, Biden's COVID czar and fucked up a lot. Uh, like he tried to privatize everything because of course they did, so his friends could make money off of it. And that's why a lot of the uh, the late you know term COVID stuff didn't go well. Um, so politically, what's happened is basically they're going into campaign mode with Zeitz. So he's pivoted to right, pivoted right in a bunch of stuff, including immigration and trans stuff. About while trying to do the FDR like middle class pitch on economics, creating jobs, preserving Medicare, Social Security, yada yada yada. But like you try to split that lane, you're going to end up pissing off everybody because you piss off fucking progressives and Fox people are never Fox News like hardcore anti-immigration people are never going to vote for you. So there's no point. And just being mean for the sake of mean. Like, I don't have a solution to the border. I realize there's probably some amount of people we can't let in because it's unsustainable to be to be processed and stuff. But I'm not in charge. I don't have to have a plan. There's a whole federal government to come up with a plan. And this isn't the plan. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't understand this. Uh, yeah, the Zint, Jeff Zint, 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 however you say it, the new chief of staff. Like, I just don't. Because... No, Everybody's pissed at him. Like the Democrats, I mean, are pissed at him. The right. Democrats in Congress, everything, because he sh shut down the lines of communication. He's like made the Biden administration impossible to get in touch with or to work with. And I just don't understand how. Uh, I understand how a guy like that gets that job, I guess. I mean, you know, you run predatory health insurance uh, schemes for 20 years, you're going to get to some pretty high places in this country. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It just seems so clearly to not be working or to, uh, you know, his approval rating is like third. Like, anybody. His approval rating is like eight points less than when than, than Trump's when he left office. Like, like it's not you, working. No, it's not working. Right, right. How do you leave that guy in that job? Like, no one is saying this guy's crushing it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's. It's theoretically even possible for him to lose to Trump, especially after like the the E. Jean Carroll case is going to make for really fucking hard hitting like can't attack ads. You have the the headline clip of the deposition of him saying it's good to grab women and then do you want this guy having say over women's bodies and with a, like a, a headlines about the Dobbs decision and people women dying it's like I, I don't know how Trump overcomes that but also like why are you tempting fate by doing bad stuff <laughs> was there was there a, a Washington Post or some poll recently that showed Trump leading Biden or something I know it's like super early but I thought I saw something about last that. one I saw saw uh, Trump Biden beating Trump but uh, losing to DeSantis so, but still okay. super early. He can turn it around. But I mean, what, what happens with the what happens with the economy is going to be the biggest prevailing factor. No one knows the economy is going to be like in you know uh, you know fifteen months or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. we get this goddamn inflation under control. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I want to remind y'all again before we go, like I said earlier, go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out my upcoming tour dates. Come and see me. It's a good time. I'll be with Corey and Drew in uh, Knoxville and Asheville next weekend, May 20th and 21st. And then the rest of my dates 
for most of the rest of the year are solo shows. So come out and see me. And also, you can go to weeklyskews.com slash more to support this show with your patronage and in doing so, get some bonus content for yourselves there, which we surely would appreciate. It's fun. Also, for the record, on my Patreon, I've got other tiers where I offer other things in addition, and you can get it all together for $10 a month. You can do whatever you want to. Just go on there and check it out. But the important thing is keep coming back every SKUs day, and uh, if you do, then we will too. So keep breaking it down for you, skewing it up, and we'll see you in seven days. All right. So you love you. Bye. Mm.